Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rams lose to the Packers 24-12 on Monday Night Football. Not that there was anything too surprising that transpired on Monday Night Football. So for those of you out there listening to this, Turf Show Times, the Instant Reaction Podcast with Chris Daniel, J.D. Scott, and Kenneth Arthur, I hope you enjoyed the Manning cast or the Aikman cast or whatever it was, because uh, this cast of characters on uh, the Rams and the Packers, you know, they've both had underwhelming seasons, but the Packers, you know, they move up to six and eight. The Rams fall to four and 10. Baker Mayfield goes 12 of 21 for 111 yards with an interception, a touchdown, sacked five times. But overall, you know, I couldn't help but think to myself for these two teams that have struggled, you know, there's so many things that we could point to. I don't know exactly what the Packers' problem is because a lot of their players, they were expected to have this season. But I just keep coming back to the fact that in the modern NFL, you'd like to have really good receivers. And even if you have Aaron Rodgers and, uh, you know, some of these, I don't know, Baker Mayfield probably would have had a better night if he had Cooper Cup, you know, as one of his options here. Or you go back to last season with Robert Woods and OBJ, some of these other options just not out there. So for me, not the most fun game to watch, not having those types of weapons on the field. I'll start with you, JB. This game I felt was, you know, a little tough to watch just because we saw so many exciting things in the NFL this week. We see exciting things in the NFL every week, but it just feels like the, uh, the Rams lack explosiveness. What do you, what did you see on Monday night? Yeah, it was just a boring game, kind of a weird game. And the Packers really dominated the time of possession where Rogers had 30 pass attempts to Mayfield's 21. They had 35 rushing attempts to the Rams 17. So just, we saw a lot of the Packers offense, and they weren't really, you know, making a lot of explosive plays down the field, kind of just matriculating. Uh, and penalties really gave them a lot of second chances, but we don't want, need to get into that too much. It, you know, it kind of was each side really got a boost in that regard at times. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the, and then this Rams offense, uh, no matter, I mean, 24 points against the Packers and, you know, some of those uh, came late maybe, but um, really you don't expect them to do much better against Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you'd expect a Rams offense put up 12 points. Probably should have been 13 points with the miss Matt Gay uh, extra point. But, you know, that Mayfield stat line, 111 yards, probably could have been better. You know, Tutu Atwell had a big drop. There was that really big pass interference call that maybe took some yardage off of his stat line. But uh, five sacks, he really didn't have much time and was running around for his life. Probably evaded a couple more sacks, but also maybe ran into one or two. So uh, just a really underwhelming performance by the Rams tonight. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's amazing what situation Baker Mayfield is in. We talked about his debut uh, the week before and the man, the way that the Rams managed to win that game in the fourth quarter uh, with some heroics by Baker Mayfield. And you don't want to, you know, give him anything other than slack for the situation that he is in. Um, still, as fans, 
we're left just sort of watching uh, whatever this is with the Rams, one of the most confounding, surprising, and unfortunate teams that has ever been from the Super Bowl to, you know, now at four and 10. But, you know, the guys that are out there on the field, they're, they're giving their best. You mentioned also, you know, Baker Mayfield, he, he had that play where I couldn't tell. Yeah, you couldn't tell at the time if his arm was hit or whatever on the interception, uh, but he had a wide open Ben Skoranek. Uh, and it just didn't work out on that play. And you felt like, you know, that was kind of the end of the game because after the missed extra point, you know, it just felt like, okay. And then the, the Rams did get another shot uh, to close the gap. And we saw five Baker Mayfield pass attempts, even though Cam Akers, 100 total yards. Uh, Chris, I know you're a fan of the run game. Why do you think that uh, McVay and the Rams pulled away from the run game when it seemed like finally Cam Akers and the run game had something going? No idea. They can makers 65 yards, 12 carries, 5.4 carry. I mean, you don't turn away from that. You're having success running the ball. You keep running the ball. You know, Green Bay at one point early in the third quarter, you know, the Rams got a couple stops on defense in the backfield. They just kept running the ball. You always keep running the ball if you can run the ball. The score hadn't quite gotten away from them. The team did just enough to give you a false sense of let me not walk away from the TV quite yet. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Baker magic can't happen uh, behind this offensive line. Uh, Just like Matthew Stafford, just like uh, Perkins, just like John Wolford. I mean, you can't sustain much behind this offensive line. Five sacks again. uh, I think they had four penalties on them. Uh, it's hard to get any kind of consistency in the ground game. Kudos to them for doing that. And of course, in the past game, it it just can't happen behind this offensive line right now. You know, Chris, on the bright side, this Rams defense, as JB brings up, you know, you had that, that great takeaway by Jalen Ramsey and a good night, Uh, two sacks for Leonard Floyd, you know, thinking about the Rams being able to bring back Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, And if we start talking about the best case scenarios like Aaron Donald returning and, you know, getting a healthy Cooper cut back and getting a healthy Matthew Stafford back, are are the Rams, you know, maybe just fortifying this offensive line, finding a second weapon, maybe just a few steps away, even though they look so bad this season, uh, do you feel that the Rams are maybe just a couple steps away from getting back to where they need to be because we did see some positive moments here at Lambeau field and green Bay. Um, or do the Rams need to, you know, shift gears and change things up? No, they don't need to shift gears, maybe slight adjustments here and there, but I mean, we're talking about best case scenario with Aaron Donald coming back, which is likely I would say Cooper cup coming back, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, But then this season, we kind of have to talk about this is worst case scenario. Nobody saw this. You couldn't predict this. So this is worst case scenario. So with worst case scenario, we're probably going to exaggerate how bad things really are. You know, it's, it's going to be difficult to duplicate this amount of injuries again moving forward. You know, I'm not going to say injuries are an excuse because at the end of the day, you still have to find a way to win games, not just be competitive at moments, but you have to win games. And it's hard to win games when you don't know who's going to play for you next week. Um, now, back to what you said about the defense, though. 
I've been a champion of this defense. This defense has done just enough in each game to give the offense a chance. The defense, I'm not surprised that the defense did this. Aaron Rodgers, Packers, I think they averaged 22 points a game. Uh, well, we held them to 24. That's okay. Okay. Held them just above their average with an offense that did absolutely nothing with. How many total yards did they have? What did they have? They had uh, 156 total yards on the ground. We're not far away because we have a lot of pieces that are going to come back. And I still believe in Sean McVay. We're going to need a new offensive coordinator. Does Raheem Morris stay? And the rookies, some young depth is getting time on the field, valuable reps right now. So we're not far away, but we do need those key guys to come back next year. Yeah, I I agree, Chris. You make some great points there uh, with regards to the worst case scenario and not being able to predict the injury, bad luck, and, and everything that's gone wrong for the Rams this season. And we did see... Five years in a row, Sean McVay had this team uh, with a winning winning record, two Super Bowls, regular contention, uh, and a Super Bowl win just last year. Uh, JB, if I was going to bring up maybe a concern that we saw from the defense on Monday night, Aaron Jones, 17 carries for 90 yards, A.J. Dillon, 11 carries for 36 yards, but also just kind of bullying his way through Rams defenders at certain points, including for those touchdowns. Um, what, what, what do you think went wrong with the run defense tonight? And what are your thoughts as far as next season? Yeah, I think the middle linebackers really struggled today. And Ernest Jones really stood out in a negative way really early on. And Bobby Wagner is kind of lost in the sauce in pass coverage uh, late in the game too. The big uh, completion to Romeo Dobbs really comes to mind too uh, late in the fourth quarter. So uh, I think, you know, Wagner's been good the last two weeks, but maybe he came back down to earth a little bit against the Packers on Monday night. So uh, there's three games left. We'll see if he can kind of rebound in that regard. But yeah, this Rams defense is going to be interesting. Resting on your laurels is never smart in the NFL just because, you know, it's a league of parity. And just because you're good last year doesn't mean you're going to be good next year. So this defense can't be complacent. And I think Leonard Floyd's really making it interesting. I think most fans were ready to move on from him just because his contract allows you to do so maybe after June 1st, right? Uh, but he's really maybe playing his way into, you know, being a Ram in 2023. And there's a little bit of a danger of uh, if you move on from him, who replaces him? And, you know, you already have a void on the opposite edge defender position. Maybe Michael Hoyt is a rotational type player at best next year. But if you're trying to replace and find two new edge rushers, and for next year, like, where does that come from? You don't have a premium draft pick. You don't have a lot of cap space, and that's a really tall order. So I think maybe sticking with the known and running it back with Leonard Floyd is a smart move and kind of reminds me of a situation with the Rams fans where, you know, back in the Jeff Fisher days, they were clamoring to move on from Brian Schottenheimer, but the Rams ended up with Rob Boris and Frank Signetti. So, and that was, you know, catastrophic. So maybe don't wish for something else until, because uh, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> as Forrest says, uh, you know, but as you know, it's it made me think of something interesting there, JB, which is when you talk about Leonard Floyd and what are you going to do if Leonard Floyd is not the guy, right? I mean, and Leonard Floyd does have a good night tonight, kind of quells some of those uh, questions of whether or not he can be impactful without Aaron Donald as, as all Rams 
uh, defensive linemen and edge rushers have had to answer for the last nine years. By the way, Aaron Donald, congratulations, nine Pro Bowls in nine years. You're on such an exclusive list with Lawrence Taylor, Barry Sanders. We're talking about the elite of the elite, Jim Brown, Joe Thomas. Uh, and there's no question that Aaron Donald always belonged there with those names. Um, but when you think about that, I and mean, when you think about uh, certain guys that have come on this team, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, Leonard Floyd, um, the receivers that the team has consistently added that are big names, Matthew Stafford. My concern, and it's kind of like goes to with a lot of the competitions that we've seen in the offseason, the training camps, the preseason with Sean McVay over the last six years. And my concern with sometimes you'll see like, well, why didn't you play that guy earlier? I didn't realize he was good. I don't know if Sean McVay knows when he has a talented player uh, because the best players on the Rams for the most part have been the guys that we knew going into the season or the year when they were signed or traded for were talented players. So it's just so easy to put those guys out there on the field and to say, well, yeah, of course, we just traded two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. That's our number one quarterback. We don't have to think about whether or not he's good or bad or whatever. Some other guys, you're saying, wow, what took him so long to get out there? Well, you know, you could take a guy like Michael Hoyt, where it's like, okay, this is Michael Hoyt's third year on the team. Maybe he shouldn't have been starting in 2020. But you could ask yourself, why wasn't he a part of the week one roster? So when you start thinking about, well, you're not going to have Leonard Floyd next year, I just don't even know like when Sean McVay or the Rams coaches are fully cognizant of when they have good players, unless they know going into the year that they're good players. So opening up competitions, you know, it, it always just kind of blows my mind. We think about back to, you know, Matt Gay made a 55-yard field goal, one of the uh, coldest 55-yard field goals in, in NFL history. Uh, also missed an extra point, but it was kind of a moot point. Um, so it brings me back to that 2020 kicker competition where the Rams had Liram Hirolalu. I didn't mean to screw up that name. It wasn't a joke. Uh, Austin McGinnis, Sam Sloman, pick Sam Sloman, cut him, bring in Kai Forbath, cut him, uh, and then go to Matt Gay finally, and he's been one of a revelation. <clears throat> and it just makes me think of how it's not just McVay, but maybe a lot of NFL coaches, good coaches, aren't clear when they have a good player. So letting go of guys and then trying to have a competition, I just it just hasn't worked out very well. Uh, JB, there's there's a lot of guys on this on this roster who who didn't get more playing time until injuries forced them to be able to get that playing time. Anyone stand out to you? We've got three more games here that you think Sean McVay just feed the ball to Cam Akers or just start Robert Rochelle or whatever it is. Any guy that you want to see more of? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, Cam Akers is a big one. As soon as you feature him and move on from Daryl Henderson, he really rebounds in a big way. And, you know, he's someone who's been vocal about being a high-volume shooter, you know. He needs a lot of carries, get into a rhythm, and can really be productive after that. So, and then, you know, Tutu Atwell is obviously the elephant in the room. 
where, you know, why wasn't he on the field earlier in the year uh, as a compliment to Cooper Cup? And it's like all these injuries for him to get on the field. And, you know, early on, whenever he was only getting five snaps on offensive game, he was still making impact plays. And, you know, he's a defensive pass interference. Uh, he draws it at a high frequency, uh, maybe because he's 150 pounds and even the most minimal contact, you know, blows him out of the water a lot of the times and maybe looks worse than it actually is. But it's kind of a funny thing, especially when the one on, on Amos deep down the field this week. Uh, but on the defensive side, yeah, Robert Rochelle should probably be out there. And, you know, Doug Kobe Durant's been impressive the last couple of weeks, I think, especially in coverage, struggles a little bit with tackling and run defense. But um, it took an injury to David Long Jr. in order to get those guys out on the field. And, you know, if maybe if Long was healthy, we never would even see Durant have an uptick in snaps. So Darion Kendrick's been a little bit of an afterthought on defense, too. So maybe Durant's playing in his spot. But, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's something Blaine and I talked about on Last Minute Thoughts this weekend, where you really have to question Sean McVay's evaluation of talent especially after this last year. Yeah, I think, you know, that, you know, as we were saying a minute ago with Chris, it's like looking at the the, the Rams and thinking this, this team doesn't have to be in the middle of a rebuild. They don't have to start over. The, the pieces are in place, maybe just a few fixes here. But for, philosophically, the draft, free agency, trades, you know, everything that got them the Super Bowl championship with the trades and, and the, the big star acquisitions – you know, cannot continue necessarily in the same way because of the financial constraints and just needing more talent to, to come through the draft, which hasn't been happening. So whatever they're doing in the draft, something has to change. Uh, Chris, you know, same question to you that there's young guys on this roster to see more of. Um, thoughts on Sean McVay's like sort of evaluation process and which guys need to be seen more starting next week against the Broncos. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of Sean McVay and finding talent late or not understanding what he has, I'm just going to continue to trust the process because he he just won a Super Bowl ring. Um, he's consistently in the playoffs. Uh, he's won a handful of division titles. I'm going to trust the process there. Um, in terms of players I want to see, I want to see more rest East. I think I think he's not afraid to hit someone. He's not a big guy, 5'10", 195, right? But I think he likes contact, and I like DBs that look like they like contact. Um, I want to continue to see Tutu. Uh, as JB pointed out, he is small, and sometimes when he gets hit, it's kind of like a, a father wrestling with their child, and the, the father is holding the child, and falls on the child and it's like oh my goodness is the child okay and then the child gets up and everything's okay so I go through that every time I see contested catches and collisions with Tutu Atwell so I'm always going to be concerned about him moving on to the next play but that pass interference he jumped into it a lot of wide receivers would just keep running he saw he was not going to make that play and said, if I stop and jump back into my defender, when he jumped back into Amos, that was an intentional act. I love stuff like that. That's That was good for 40 yards. You know, that was 40 yards that Baker wasn't going to get on his ledger. But it's 40 hidden yards that's really important that he purpose, purposefully went out and got. I would like to see him also get more action on actually getting the ball on some jet sweeps. Uh 
getting one and losing four yards, I'm sure kind of deters Sean McVay from coming back to it. But I would like to see a little bit more of that. Um, and it's just good to to see the the progression of the offense on third down. Like initially, we had some good long third down and 10 plus conversions. And to see the offense and at some point, honestly believe, hey, maybe we can convert this third and long. When prior to Baker Mayfield getting there, it was like third and long at best is going to be a screen. It's probably just going to be a run. I want to see the offense as a whole on third down continue to progress because if they can continue to do what they started off doing this game and try to avoid some of the penalties they got on some of the third down conversions, it'll be interesting to see how that total yardage jumps up. And then if your total yardage is jumping up, you're getting into the red zone and let's see how you do in the red zone. So, I mean, I'm just interested to see overall growth in in key areas for the for this offense. Agreed. You know, I think um, that would be something to watch for here in the final few weeks. And yeah, Tutu Atwell, again, and something that uh, I wrote quite a few times, uh, especially in the beginning of his career after the draft, which is just he's not that experienced of a wide receiver. You know, he he was a quarterback in high school, obviously at Louisville and everywhere, trying to figure out what to do with a guy who's so unique physically in stature and all that. So impressive, you know, not just for a guy who was, you know, sort of new ish to wide receiver, but hasn't gotten too many opportunities, hasn't played much preseason or, or any action whatsoever here uh, in the NFL. So good to see those types of things showing and coming forward um, defensively, something that was uh, from next gen stats. Aaron Rodgers completed 10 of 12 passes for 93 yards against the blitz against the Rams. And if you look at his passing chart, 17 of his completions out of 22, he finishes 22 of 30 for 229 yards. And like, it is difficult to play pass defense in the modern NFL. Anybody could uh, be able to, you know, sort of complete a hundred completions, hundred percent completions these days. uh, It seems like, but 17 of his completions were to the middle or left, you know, almost all dotted there. He's dotting that. And 17 of his completions were less than 10 yards. Um, 21 of his 22 completions and really 12, 22 of his completions were 15 yards or less. So just able to dot this defense over and over and over again. Um, and, and that wasn't really, you know, what feel felt like it beat the Rams so much as offensively, like, you know, we're talking about here, if the Rams could have just put up some more points. Um, so there's that part of it, but defensively, you know, the Rams have this early draft pick in the second round. Um, Chris, what kind of position or player do you think would best help this defense? If that was the side of the ball that the Rams would go with. Uh, I mean, if, if there's an edge rusher there, uh, I would like to see some something along those lines. I'm always going to look into the front seven first. Uh, I got to be honest, I don't follow, follow college football as much as I probably should. So I'm not going to jump into who I think they should pick. But if there's an edge rusher uh, around that area or even maybe an edge rusher that falls, maybe an injury or something, I, I would like for them to take a shot at, at edge. Um, I want to throw something at you guys. I don't know how I feel about this. 
Jalen Ramsey, um, I don't know how long he has left at corner, but he plays physical. Is he one of the corners that you can move to safety as he gets older and he continues to play at a high level for safety position? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask this to JB, you know, as well. You know, I think that that is a fair proposition, maybe something that has been discussed uh, about Jalen uh, Ramsey for quite a while in his career because of his his physical gifts and all that. JB, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's a question that dates back to his college days, right? And so he can age well in the NFL, and he's a good tackler. I mean, that play he when he stripped uh, Jones to get the fumble recovery, I – he like owned that guy. Like it, you don't see that very often. He just ripped the ball away, and yeah, like it should have been forward progress most likely, and the play should have been stopped. But uh, like he owned him, and that's pretty cool to see. And you don't see a lot of uh, defensive backs playing that level of physicality. But uh, I think you know corners just have up and down years. It's not time to be too like too discouraged by Ramsey's performance this year, uh, just because look at these wide receivers and what they're doing around the league. How do you even cover these guys and? Uh, he definitely has his work cut out for him. I wouldn't move on from him quite yet, but yeah, in his later stages of his career, move him to safety where maybe the you have to ask less of him physically. Well, I mean, if I could jump back in there real quick, I do think it's kind of time to consider where Jalen Ramsey is moving forward because it's not just this year. We saw in the playoffs several times in the playoffs where it was bad. It wasn't even just okay. It was bad for Jalen Ramsey. So, I mean, it's kind of been for damn near an entire calendar year where it's like, okay, this guy isn't the dog that he was. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying that he set an extremely high standard, right? Maybe even an unfair standard, but that guy isn't this. I don't think, let me say that. Let me not speak in factualities. I don't think that that guy is the same guy from a year and a half ago. You know, I would even add to that, Chris, you know, I, I it, it's a my I don't have the answers right now because I have to go do a bunch of research to give this a good and it makes me really my my wheels are gearing up or whatever, but it makes me think like you look at the NFL today, even when you compare that to when Jalen Ramsey came into the NFL in 2016, when he came into the NFL in 2016, perfect physical specimen at cornerback, one of the only guys in the NFL that could keep up with, you know, the, the types of weapons that the teams were bringing in back then. Now look at the types of weapons that teams are bringing in. I mean, you, you're talking about elite. When you're going up against the Bengals, you're not just going up against Jamar Chase, which in himself is like the wide receiver version of a young Jalen Ramsey. You're talking about T Higgins. You're talking about Tyler Boyd. You're talking about like, not just, you know, we're talking about the guys that can come into the NFL and be wide receivers. I think for every one Jalen Ramsey, you might be getting three or four wide receiver versions of Jalen Ramsey. And now you talk about Jalen Ramsey uh, at his, you know, this stage of his career, he's not going to have that same speed and athleticism. Uh, he'll be 29 next year that he had when he came into the NFL. Are you going to put Jalen Ramsey up against Justin Jefferson? You know, it's it's a very um, difficult proposition uh, that we see with cornerbacks all the time, getting into that 29-year-old, 30-year-old range, uh, having to move them around. Obviously, the comp that comes to mind, 
fittingly uh, playing the Packers tonight would be Charles Woodson. Um, so I just thinking about how hard that is, which is, again, it kind of brings to the point. I don't know if Jalen Ramsey, you know, necessarily is the number one problem. Um, we saw that pass interference on Troy Hill tonight, thinking about like kind of the struggles of Darion Kendrick, which what are the, what are the expectations for a sixth round rookie cornerback or a fourth rounder like Kobe Durant? It's very difficult. So that's why I think maybe that, that first pick you could, you could look at, who are the best cornerbacks? Who are the fastest guys? You're always going to have, or at least not always, but right now you're going to have more talent at wide receiver than you are at cornerback, which is why those cornerbacks, are, they, I, to me, they just have more value when they are really good, which is why Jalen Ramsey was worth two first-round picks in 2019. But now there was a very steep hill that you can drop off of in a couple of years as a cornerback. You make great points about the playoffs last year, and this is a multi-year process. Um, JB, I believe you pay a little bit more attention maybe to the draft or the college game, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but any thoughts on, on the draft there, uh, as I was bringing it up earlier? Yeah. I mean, an edge rusher would be nice, but maybe that outside of the top 15 picks, uh, you're not going to find a rookie that's going to come in and make an impact on day one. And this is a team with a short contention window. They're trying to you know, make a incremental improvements to get back into the playoffs next year. And maybe you're better off looking elsewhere at that second round pick on the defense. I would try to go for a number two corner just because, you know, we had this conversation about Jalen Ramsey, but it's no coincidence. His best year came in 2020 when Darius Williams is playing like a true number two corner and a complimentary piece opposite of Ramsey on the outside. So if you can fill that void again, you know, David Long Jr. has given up play after play after play this season. Uh, he's been more reliable in that regard than pretty much uh, any other person on the Rams defense. Troy Hill's been steady. You know what you have in him. Uh, but if you can fill that that's outside boundary corner, uh, the number two spot, I think it'd just be such a big boost to this Rams defense. And you're probably more likely to find someone at the corners position more likely than you can find an edge rusher. Yeah, you know, it, it really... Um... It, it, it's going to be an interesting draft season. Can't wait to sort of dive into it for the Rams to, you know, this will be their highest draft pick uh, since they traded down um, in uh, 2019 several times, uh, eventually picking outside the top 60 uh, and getting Taylor Rapp, who had an interception on Monday Night Football, uh, although it was thrown directly to him. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see like what the Rams do decide to do. They could still trade it for a veteran. We know that. Um, but I really would like to see, yes, you know, can the Rams just find a good player almost in any position? Um, offensive line wouldn't be a bad idea. Defensive line wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, um, anything edge rusher, cornerback, uh, you wouldn't, you would think maybe safety, you're not going to get the value at that range um, that you would hope for at this point when you're the Rams, you know, you're thinking that you can probably get by again with something like a Nick Scott, you know, we got a lot of free agents there at safety, but Overall, I think it's such a it's a good opportunity. And, and we did see flashes of things on Monday night that should give some optimism here just because the Rams are playing so shorthanded offensively. And I think defensively just found out. And again, like we saw on uh, the Manning cast tonight talking to George Kittle and George Kittle saying like, well, what do you do when you prepare for the Rams? Oh, you just think about Aaron Donald. That's just what you do. You know, how are you going to defend Aaron Donald? You got to have four hands at Aaron Donald at all times. And to not have Aaron Donald on the defense when so much is funneled through 
the talent of Aaron Donald, um, that is going to impact how the game went tonight, how it went last week, how it'll go next week. Hopefully Aaron Donald will uh, make a return this season because he just brings so much uh, to the team and so much interest and, and could change so much. Uh, Chris, you, you know, we talked about Jalen Ramsey and, and his you know, sort of changing expectations year over year. Um, Aaron Donald earlier in the season, did you, do you feel like you had seen the Aaron Donald that you, you would normally see, or do you think that that might also have to be uh, a different expectation next year? No, I, I think Aaron Donald with his particular positions, even if he slows down, he's still probably going to be one of the faster interior defensive linemen, right? It's not like he's going to get weaker, right uh, instantly you know sooner or later the legs will start going but I don't think that that's going to happen for another couple of years I think he honestly plays out this contract uh Aaron Donald is the sole focus just like George Kittle said when you have Aaron Donald everything else is better it's I don't want him to come back this season I know you said you want him to get back and I don't want him to come back this season I want him for I don't have a good reason for him to come back this season. I want him to stay at home. I want him to stay away from this football field. I want these young guys to continue to get these reps that they would not get if he comes back, both practice and live in game. And I want to continue to have those guys gain that confidence and experience for next year when they are so much better as depth pieces and rotational pieces because Aaron Donald stayed home and didn't come back for some meaningless games. Don't come back. Don't get hurt. We love you. Stay home, please. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense too. Um, And, you know, definitely at four and 10, the Rams what to play for at this point, you know, it's just, uh, it's not for a higher draft man. It's just, Y'all would never take back the trade uh, for Matthew Stafford ever. You know, that worked. Um, It's brutal to not have that top five pick, to think and to be able to dream and fantasize of something, you know, that the Rams just so rarely have had, even though going back to the pre-Sean McVay era, how often the Rams are picking at the top 10 and how disheartening that really ends up being most of the time. You just don't know it's Greg Robinson or Tavon Austin or if it's going to be a, a really good pick. That being said, it just, you know, the Rams, they, they have no reason to lose. You know, there's just trying to go out there and do the best. And also, yeah, keeping things uh, kosher for, for next season and, and copacetic and knowing that you want those guys uh, who are going to be a part of the plan and the core to return next year. Um I'm looking at the the signing bonuses or the excuse me the roster bonuses for next year 2023. Aaron Donald gets a 15 million dollar roster bonus, Cooper Cup 5 million dollars, Joe Noteboom 5 million dollars, Allen Robinson 5.25 million dollars, Rob Havenstein 4 million dollars, Leonard Floyd 2 million dollars, Bobby Wagner 3.5 million dollars, Brian Allen a million dollars. Um, so even though you don't always get cap savings with players, you sometimes take into consideration cash considerations and cash savings. And we think Aaron Donald returns. We think Cooper Cup returns. Um, JB, thoughts on Allen Robinson, Joe Noteboom, Bobby Wagner? You mentioned it, Leonard Floyd earlier, but what about those three? Well, you knew whenever you signed Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen this offseason that those are risky investments because 
they both had injury problems off and on, even though they were kind of part-time players. And you're seeing that, you know, come to fruition again this season where Nupum early on suffers that season-ending Achilles tear. And then Allen's been on and off the field. You know, he got hurt on the first offensive play of the game this week. So uh, how do you rely on those guys moving forward? I think that's a big concern. And the, you know, the big problem with Allen Robinson is that you didn't even see enough of him this year and give him enough targets to really know if he fits in this offense moving forward. Was it, you know, Matthew Stafford just being under pressure and not being able to find him and, you know, his chemistry with Cooper Cup whenever he was under duress really just took over and he didn't he wasn't able to find Robinson down the field. I don't know. Maybe Robinson isn't the same type of player and he can only run eight yards down the field. He does. He's not the same vertical threat that he once was in his career. I'm not really sure where you go from from here on that one. Like I have zero feel for it. And, you know, what we saw from on the field probably isn't a, a tell of where he's at at this point in his career. Yeah, you're right. Such a curious situation. And we do know with Allen Robinson uh, that throughout his career, he's he's had a bit of a penchant for showing up one year uh, and then not showing up the next or just getting injured, um, which was the case in Jacksonville, was the case in Chicago. Um, and per, per, perhaps Allen Robinson could uh, have more value, you know, the mystery of how Allen Robinson was the star of training camp, but just not useful in the regular season to much of a degree, um, will continue to lay in the shadows. And you don't have much options unless somehow, some way, beyond reason, a team trades for Allen Robinson, which just doesn't seem possible. There's just no cap savings there. So trying to get a better offensive line, getting a new offensive coordinator, handing over the plays to him and figuring it out um, may be the only course of action with Allen Robinson. What about you, Chris? You know, looking at the offensive line with with Noboom and Brian Allen, um, what are your thoughts on uh, on Robinson, the offense, and and which players you know will be back next year? Yeah, that Allen Robinson one is tricky because by the time the season rolls around next year, he's going to be thirty years old, and just like you, we were talking about with Jalen Ramsey, twenty nine years old. That's a threshold that it's not like, especially in positions where you're required to just be. A, a damn athlete wide receiver it, you're supposed to be an athlete that athleticism kind of dies down a bit once you cross the, the elite athleticism kind of dies down a bit and you have to feast off of just being a pure technician and I don't necessarily think that that's something that we would uh call our label Allen Robinson I'm concerned what we can get out of him in terms of production next year uh just like you said i don't really know what a, a possible out would be uh with that contract so i'm i'm a bit concerned there uh and in terms of other players that i want to see back that offensive line is just really in shambles um now we've had a situation a couple years ago where we were bad on offensive line death pieces got some valuable experience and then we were okay to steady the ship you know, maybe they find a way to steady the ship. You know, I I don't know. And I'm also, like I said before, I'm still concerned that Rob Havenstein is going to be the answer for next year. You know, it, the offensive line, Sean McVay and Les Snead will be remembered for two things. F them picks and then whatever they do after F them picks. Because it's either going to be another great meme 
or it's going to be a meme that is going to be hilarious that Rams fans are going to hate, but it's going to be so funny that we're still going to have to laugh at it. Yeah, that's uh that's a great uh, prediction. I think, you know, something's got to happen and I, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited kind of, you know, just interested. I, I love interest. I love entertainment. I've, I've always fully supported the idea that the NFL and sports and all that kind of stuff. It is an entertainment-based spectacle. So be entertaining. We didn't get that on Monday night from uh, really the Rams or the Packers. Um, not the most entertaining, not an entertaining game. I'm not going to say not the most. It's not an entertaining game. Uh, but we did see flashes of things from Cam Akers, uh, Leonard Floyd, and Jalen Ramsey. And so uh, I'm ready to be entertained with the Rams who, who bring the noise uh, every offseason with big moves, and so I'm ready for that. I'm ready to see Matthew Stafford return next year, Cooper Cup to return next year, Aaron Donald to return next year, and uh, turn the lights on a little bit here. So not the best game in uh, week 15. Rams fall to 4-10. and 10. Um, And that is it for the Turf Show Times Instant Reaction Podcast. So hit subscribe here. Uh, wherever you're listening, go to Spotify or, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, we'll be back in the middle of the week for another show and then you know jb will be back with blaine for the last minute thoughts as the rams take on the broncos on christmas day uh and then you know you can uh stay tuned and see uh who's working on christmas uh, i'll try to come here for that and uh and we'll talk about the rams and the broncos and uh whatever happens there it should uh be Hopefully, at least, a little bit more entertaining. This one, Russell Wilson expected to play for the Broncos next week uh, against, I'm assuming, Baker Mayfield. That's it for this episode of the Turf Show Times Instant Reaction Podcast. Come back later for a brand new episode.